When you're still taking care of your kids, it's it's still it's kind of like a job. Like parenting's a job. Yes. <laughs> you're not, and yes. as much as it nurtures your soul, it also exhausts you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I only had time with my children to do that self nurturance. I didn't have, you know, I didn't go for regular massages. I didn't work out. I didn't exercise. Okay. I didn't I didn't participate in anything that was self care related. So I think that was kind of. Um, the antecedent, if you will, to my chronic illness. Just really, I felt like it was a wake-up call. Like, I remember it so viscerally the first time I was off sick. We all face, like, challenges, and we can call them crises or whatever. Um, it's and, and in the middle of that, um, I just find that there's a slight differences between how those who kind of get through it and those who get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Deal with it, and and you're obviously you're, you do this professionally with people to help them kind of move along, right? But when you're actually going through it yourself, yeah, right. That's well. Sometimes the you, shoemaker has the worst shoes, right? So uh, yeah, you hear about that. Yeah. But can I ask you then, like, since you're a pro at helping people in doing this, do you ever um, like we were just talking earlier to somebody who says, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever feel yourself um, like what's the word like having to manage yourself that way? Oh yeah. Or or not managing yourself that way? Does yeah. that happen to pros? Well, the the term pro is so like ridiculous. I know. Yeah. You got the discipline. I feel like it's. I'm always. I feel like I'm always a student. To be honest, mm-hmm. like I really truly feel there's so much I still don't know. So um, it's just really funny to hear me you say that. Yeah. Well, like people come to you right on a regular. Yes, you're right. Right. You're right. And but, so yeah, of yeah. course you're a student. Yeah, I'm always a student. And they're your students. Let's say whatever way you yeah. want to draw it but up. But yes, the the skills that I help people develop. Yeah. I'm not always intrinsically practicing myself because the same as them, I go through experiences where, you know, I drop things or I get overwhelmed or and sometimes for me the self-care it's getting better, but the self-care used to be the first that comes off the plate. Like yeah. the wellness plan is the first that comes off the plate so you can give to other areas in your life, right? right. So 100% I've struggled with that. So and I think um when you're in a helping position too like if you could say, yeah, man, like I've, like you've said this about business. Oh, yeah, I failed or I failed at oh, that yeah, miserably, exactly. right? And, you know, I'm not going to go into a whole series of self-disclosure. But you'd be like, yeah, I, I get how that feeling is. Or you could ide- help them identify a feeling, right? So, Well, I yeah. actually disclose it now when I'm talking to guys. I'm like, oh, you did that. And they're, uh, they're worried, like, ah, I lost this amount of money. And uh, I got taken and I made a mistake. I said, oh, don't worry. I've done so much worse. Yeah. And they're like, really? You did this? But that must have been a long time ago. I'm like, no, last week. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, yeah. so, so we do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, but in business or whatever, when we kind of do, do things like that, we sort of look at it like, um, okay, it's money. Like, you know, you make some, you win some, you lose some, whatever. It's just money. But when we're talking about your, the, the self, the yeah. person, the currency on that is way different. The valuation is very different. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to ourselves as people, you can't like, you know, go borrow something. It's what no. you have is what you have. When you steal from the future, you just you don't have stealing. You can't necessarily, <laughs> yeah. right? There's no bank you can go to. No. There's no friend you can go to borrow from. Uh, you can't borrow morale. You know, it's all from you, from yourself.
Mm-hmm. So that it's a very the nature of it is very different, mm-hmm. and so the we're aware of that, and because you're aware of that, and let's just say as a pro, and I know you don't like using that term, <laughs> fine. So I'll have I'll have to find another way to what do we call pros? Um, great students. Okay, how's that? But no, not all pros are great students. In your profession. In your profession. Yeah. So in your profession, you, while you're doing this, you're doing it with. That's why your profession is so important, mm-hmm. because that's what you do for people. Now it's time to talk about, like, you know, when you do it for yourself and, and not doing it for yourself, even though you know how important it is to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like it, uh, like some people might not talk about it who are in your profession because they're like, well, if I admit it to this, then yeah. it's kind of like, well, am, you know, who's going to then listen to me because what am I doing? Yeah. What I admire about you is that you keep it so, like the human side of you and the professional side of you are one and the same. And uh, and so when you've gone through this stuff for yourself, um, I'm curious because do you since you didn't follow your advice necessarily that you would have given to somebody? That's one thing that mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say is that not just you but all of us we mm-hmm. do this. And um, what advice is it that you found um, tend to be the? F- uh, is it a category or is it some kind of advices that we give to people? Um, that we ourselves found ourselves the first ones to let go. For example, you talked about wellness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in business, I might say to somebody, "Hey, you know, uh, don't be cavalier with spending." But I might be cavalier, so mm-hmm. like it might be the one of the easier ones for me. So, in your experience, what have been those kind of um, habits or or strategies that you might have said to others as a professional? Mm-hmm. That then, when it came down to using for yourself, either it was justifiable or Maybe circumstantial, but we let it go. Mm-hmm. What were those? So, were there any that come to oh, mind? There's millions. Yeah, <laughs> first of all, there's okay. tons. Like there's no ones? shortage. Oh, okay. But the one that's the like we've spoke of before, the one that's most pivotal, I feel that kind of encompasses everything, is just my chronic pain journey and yeah. chronic migraine journey, and what yeah. that has meant and what that has entailed, and and through my journey with that, the nature of how I practice has shifted as well. So I have much more of a wellness awareness in my practice. Uh-huh. And it was always like a checkbox and right. something that I did and I, I would develop. Um, but now I have a different lens that I'm looking at it for. It's more of a foundational piece, right? Okay. Okay. And so, you know, probably when did I divorce? I divorced in 2006. Okay. So when I shifted from that to, you know, living in this area in the GTA by myself with two little boys like I I get support from for the children and and so forth but it's still a lot of pressure sure. to maintain a home by yourself at least for me it was a lot of pressure to maintain a home by myself right and so that was kind of the beginning of do as I say not as I do mm-hmm. um for lack of a better word because I, I that started probably a decade long process where um, I, my time, I had one rule when my kids were with me, whatever the schedule looked like at the beginning of separation, they were with me a lot more. Um, but I had live in help with me at that time and nanny. So then if I worked all night long and had to go out and investigate, I was uh, working in child welfare at nighttime, I had someone that would physically be home to sleep there if, if the kids woke up. Okay. Um, and then I would work all day at the school board. Okay. And then I did children's lawyer on top of that. And so I did all of these things for just over a decade. 
And when I was with the kids, I would, I would shut everything off. So that was protected time, but it nurtured my soul in the sense that I'm present, I'm here with my kids, I'm engaged, work is not entering this realm. So that was helpful, but when you're still taking care of your kids, it's, it's still, it's kind of like a job. Like parenting's a job. Yes. <laughs> you're not, and yes. as much as it nurtures your soul, it also exhausts you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, mm. I only had time with my children to do that self-nurturance. I didn't have, you know, I didn't go for regular massages. I didn't work out. I didn't exercise. Okay. I didn't, I didn't participate in anything that was self-care related. And, um, or if I did, it would be like a vacation. And the first three days of my vacation would be literally sleeping. Okay. That's just the way my vacation went. Unless it was with the kids and then it was activity oriented. Right. So again, it's a vacation, vacation. but not a vacation because I'm trying to make meaningful experiences and so forth. So I think that was kind of, um, the antecedent, if you will, to my chronic illness, just Really, I felt like it was a wake-up call. Like, I remember it so viscerally. The first time I was off sick with chronic migraines was 2016. And so, what would that be now? Five years? Mm -hmm. Six years? Yep. Five years. Now six-ish? Yeah. Coming up on six. Yeah. Five years, six Mm -hmm. years. So, um, and so when that started, I remember I was laying on my bathroom floor and... I was in so much pain and I just, I kept reflecting because of how hard I worked in my jobs because they're all helping professions and all of my professions, you know, they're my passion and what I strive for. And I was just seeing children in so much pain in so many different areas. And what kept going through my brain in that moment was something's wrong with the system. It's not working. Like you're, you're following all the rules because I'm a, I'm a very When you say the system, you mean your system. This is my system and the system I was working in. Okay. So both like, like look at me so depleted. I'm doing all the right things to help people. Right. And, and that's why I kept working so hard and and not give back to myself because I'm like in a perpetual state of, of helping others, but not, helping myself, right? So I'm just like, okay, if I work really hard, maybe I can make some more changes. And I just was getting really bogged down by um, just the barriers you see on the daily practice when you're working within systems. So there was that component. I, I don't understand that, what you just so, said. Okay, so say if you say, if you, when you work within a system, if you say, okay, I'm going to plug in these supports and I'm going to wrap this team around this child and put in X number of interventions, you should be like, all right, we're going to have, you know, we have a good plan. We, you know, got a team. We're going to have optimal outcomes. I was always hoping for like maybe not the most optimal of optimal outcomes, but just, an, you know, I want to see progress. And I kept putting all this effort in and I kept and it kept circling back for these kids' experiences and their families. Kept circling back to the starting point where the oh. crisis and where I'd never get a family or a child always that were in an optimal outcome. So I would just kept seeing how we would deal with one symptom or issue and then it would, it's like a hydra head, right? You cut it off and then five more grow in its place. That's what it kind of felt like for me in that profession. And Because that's um, not unique to that one profession. It's that, not unique. That to, happens in a lot of places. That happens with every profession, I think, if, especially if you're in a helping capacity well, too, but or if you're just running a business on your own and you're always going to have something come up, 
right? And that's going to divert your attention or you need to bring focus to. So you're aware about these things kind of inside of your your professional ecosystem that you're working in. Mm -hmm. What about yourself? So that's what I would take away from myself to continually give to persons I was in service to. And what do you then mean take away from yourself? I would t- take away from like take away from my time. Okay. Like I wouldn't build in time to. So the first time I get sick, that's when I started swimming again. For example, okay, right? I never. But you weren't swimming up to that I, point. No, right. I was swimming when I was a competitive swimmer when I was younger. Right. Then, then you know, adulting comes into the world, okay. <laughs> and then education, and then I dropped it. Mm. I dropped my swimming. I dropped things that were you know, my personal activities that way, right? So um, like so tr- things are working just fine, and then we stop doing those things. Right. I mean, you know where I also see this? It's funny, Trina. I see this even in, like, you ever watch a professional, say, hockey game or basketball game? Even professionals. So they've got this lead, and then there's a change in the way that they play, mm. and then the other team comes back, and then they start getting that sense of urgency again, uh, but by that time, the momentum has swung. Yeah. That it, like, the oh, turning point. They're going to lose now. <laughs> and yeah. then they lose. Yeah. But they were ahead, and they changed what they were doing while they were ahead. So it happens constantly. Yeah. And when we do it with ourselves, it's interesting that at some point in time, when we go far enough back, we were doing some good things. Like you're you're swimming. Yeah. You're feeling good. You're doing good. And it was working. Mm-hmm. And then. Mm-hmm. Because of so some the thing is, too, is I, I don't remember ever thinking of it as yeah. a wellness thing either. Ah, that's interesting, right? So, and this was, you know, I was going through my ma- my undergrad and even in my master's degree. Like, we never really talked about, you know, what is how are you preserving yourself, which is so the irony right? that you're studying this to right? help others, yeah, and you're not doing and this we're while not you're reflecting going on that in wow. our practice of this study. And so, you, do you tell me they still like that didn't. If it's still happening now, I don't know if it's. Do you, do you know what's happening? I have no idea. That's I crazy. haven't. I've taught like like been a speaker in schools of social work, but I I don't know. I haven't spent a year since I've done that, so I don't know. But I would hope so. I know that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, There's I have some right. initiatives happening in that capacity, but okay. Um, so, but yeah, so I, I guess the thing is, is when I let it go, I never had an awareness of how important it was, right? Because you get caught up in in. I th- Christina was speaking of, to this earlier. You get caught up in something's got to go, and, and the first thing that you get, and the first thing you do is you cut off the source that nurtures you the most. But like, and I th- and I know for me it was you know I cut off the self care, which I now see as self care or self wellness. At the time, it was like oh that's fun and it's a hobby, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. What do I get from this? Is it nurturing me? Do I feel how energized I feel after I get out of the pool? Or, you know, all of these residual um, compounding um, implications as a result of that activity that have so many good effects across the board, right? But I didn't think of it that way. I just thought of it as, you know, you're going through university, you're putting yourself through university, you're basically working full time while you're going to university, you're living in a city, you got no one, so you got to stand on your own two feet. And figure this out, and and get stuff done. Like I, I moved in with family. And figuring and stuff. this out, this out <clears throat> has got nothing to do with the wellness, right? The figuring this out, where the focus is, is and that else. becomes the priority, and the self does not, right? The self care does not. 
So mm. that happened to me early on, like as soon as what were you, I was 18 when I started university. So, um, you know, I stopped that right away and then I didn't pick it up until 2017. Right. So we're looking at 21 years, 22 years from the time I started, I, I, I stopped it to the time I picked it up. You want to hear something crazy? What's 21 that? Years, 20 years is about the same time I stopped training at Taekwondo too, and then I went back. Oh, really? But anyways, yeah, that's interesting. You just brought that up because I remember that when I had to write about it Yeah. at, at one of my tests. But it's interesting, uh, and 21 years is like three seven-year cycles. Anyway, yeah. that's a whole other thing. <laughs> exactly. That's but, a whole other conversation but, but to break down what happened to each seven-year You seven just said point. it. That's what I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. So... So time goes by, and it's not like it becomes like it's like a it's not a shift where it's like a light on, light off. It like slowly. It was dims. a slow boil, you know, like when you put a, a frog, frog in, in a water. water and you just gradually <laughs> yeah. turn up the temperature. Yeah. They're not going to jump out because yeah. they're they're chilling. We all do this. Yeah, it's a slow. I was a slow boil. I I need lessons to be beaten to me sometimes <laughs> over the head. Oh, you didn't learn this time, Trina. Here, right. take this again. You didn't learn this. Oh, take this one now. Okay. Yeah. Can okay. you get off the floor still? Right. And that's the way it was. It was for me, it was like, all right, just, I remember this in my child, just suck it up. Yeah. Walk it off. Huh. Suck it up. Get up. Let's go. Keep going. And so. Just ignore it. Right. Just keep going. <sighs> and that served me well, but it's also been a disservice to me as so well. Net, mm-hmm. net what? Positive or net? It's both. It depends how you play it. You play right. on it. Okay. Right? So, um, but usually it's to my deficit, right? Mm. So. Yeah. Um, That's how it is for all of us, I think. Yeah. So you, you it's, a, it's great. It's amazing that you acknowledge this. And that's usually like a key to dealing with it in the first place because you're starting to gain this in awareness and uh, like, hold on, what what was I doing or what have I am I not doing? So. It goes away, fine. You get to a point, and then there's, you call it, uh, gets beat into you. Yeah. Like, most I was literally recently, on the floor. <laughs> most recently, this this experience. Yeah. And we're talking this happening uh, in the last... So it, my first bout with it, with the chronic pain and chronic migraines, I was off work for a year, and that was from 2016 to 2017. Okay. And so that's when I reintroduced swimming back into my life. Okay. I really wasn't ready to go back to work, but... Um, I was just getting so stressed from the financial implications of it all. Right. Um, and, you know, there's a whole paperwork side to illness that's just, you know, a, it's an absolute gong show to operate when, like, and I have skills. I do paperwork for part of my living. Like, I feel right, like right. these massive applications to ministry to get stuff for kids and stuff. And so it's not huh. like I'm not acclimated to complicated paperwork, but when you're doing this complicated paperwork and you're managing an illness, it, it just feels like you're not meant to succeed sometimes. So mm. um, at that point, when I was just starting mm. to get better, right. I'm like, forget it. I can't. I can't. I can't fight anymore to just get like EI or LTD or whatever. LTD. I was denied LTD at that time because they don't. Migraines is really difficult to acknowledge. Sure. Right. It's an invisible disability. Okay. So, um, huh. which is. Kind of ironic when you see me when I'm in it, right? right. It's like, gosh, there's something <laughs> going looks, on over yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but um, so that's why I went back to work. I wasn't fully – I really wanted to heal longer, to right. be honest, because I was getting um, improvements out of the swimming. I was starting to change how I was eating. Um, and I went back to work. And then I went back to work from 2017 until January January. 
I want to say ninth was my last day, tenth of two thousand and twenty. How so, did you know that the change would come f- from the eating and the swimming? I didn't. I just knew I needed to take better care of myself. So that was my goal. I didn't know. Like you're not a nutritionist. No, <laughs> you're not no. A, like, but I knew how I felt and I knew I was eating a lot of sugar. Like I have basic knowledge of okay. food, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm reaching for the quick fix like the bagel in the morning instead. Like why don't you go for something that's going to give you some sustenance? Because sometimes right. when you're – I'm sick – I can't eat all the time, right? Yes, so, yes. you know, you, I have these extenuating levels of nausea and chronic nausea. And so when I would eat, I really needed to make a more concerted effort to eat things of sustenance for myself. The difference between food and sustenance. Right. Okay. Or fuel and sustenance. Fuel and sustenance, right. Mm. So, like, both are going to fill me, but one is going to sustain me, mm, right? So okay. that's where that shift started. Um you know, I got some food sensitivity tests done through my right. natural path. I got allergy tests done to make sure I wasn't allergic to certain foods because with migraines, um, you know, inflammation is a huge part of it. Yes. Right? It's an, infl- yes. It's an inflammatory disease, right? Yes. So um, yes. I was looking at different ways to bring down inflammation through my lifestyle, not just medication, right? So, so that's interesting. So you take a lifestyle approach to it. I think that's that's a that's an interesting part of the strategy, because a lot of times um, an alternative might be to seek more like the instant um, comfort, mm-hmm. right? What, oh, I was what, doing what both. relieves the, the pain yeah. right away? Yeah. What's the shortest path to getting me back to work, for yeah. example? Um, and 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 these other paths are lo- they they're longer. Yeah. They require a little bit more. You know, focus, discipline, and you, time. Time. Yeah, you don't see time. the results right away, um, but there you are. You started doing it, so you start. You make the improvement. You you, mm-hmm. you start eating better, and you start. But it also to, to speak to what you're just speaking to. I was doing both simultaneously, so I was making these improvements in my nutrition and movement, mm-hmm. right, and and putting more boundaries in place with saying no to people, but then. The part of the reason I was also to be able to get back to work too is I started injecting myself with Botox, okay. and I was getting them all in my head here and in my neck and 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 through my different places on my skull, and so and I res- obviously it's prescribed. It's uh, to do totally. Like, oh yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's a prescribed Botox. Yeah, yeah. So it's not you like professional it wasn't help. like oh I got really wrinkly yeah. over it. No, no, you <laughs> no, but you get professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You take professional advice. Yeah, I was with a chronic pain management pro- doctor. Okay. He assessed yeah. me and said I would be a great um, candidate for Botox injections for okay. chronic pain. So that was, you know, that's that's who my, um, and there, you know, there's different points. There's specific um, charted points on the head for injectables for migraines. So your doctor has to be skilled in where to put those needles so you're frozen in sure. appropriate places, right? You, so, do you mind me asking? You yeah. said You said I started saying no to people. Uh, what were what were the things you're saying no to? Is it like uh, professionally they're calling you? Is it the schedule management? Is it what are you saying no to? I think it started a little bit in all facets of my life. So I started saying no, like I went, but I reduced my work schedule by one day. So I went back okay. four days a week okay. instead of five days a week. All right, and I just made that a permanent thing. Okay, um, so I said, and so I just made sure I had that built-in day to do what I needed to do if I wanted to. If I wanted to work, I like for private practice stuff, or I, I could do that. If okay. I didn't want to work, then it's my day, sure. right? So 
I said no that way. Um, started to work a little bit less on the weekend. Okay. Not as many like early mornings and late nights because I would get into this routine where I would get up at, you know, for about 10 years, I probably slept anywhere from three to five hours a night. Some, some nights I wouldn't sleep at all. I'd be on call all night and then get up and go work all day and then be on – like I would just hmm. – I, I would get like a little bit of sleep here and there. It wasn't like – would, it wouldn't hit an REM, a REM cycle. There's right. no way. So, so um, you're saying no to work. So I work, I reduced, and then I just stopped doing certain things for certain people in my personal life. So, um, you know, people don't always like it when you say (laughs) no to things, but you have to sometimes. And also, to be honest, a lot of people disappeared the first year when you're that sick Hmm. and you are not – like I couldn't – even before I got sick, um, it, it started to happen like and then after I went back to work the f- first time, like I couldn't handle restaurants. So like COVID was not an adjustment for me. So okay. the, just to put it into context, sure. everyone's missing like restaurants right. and theaters and basketball games and concerts and all of these things that we love to participate in society. Mm-hmm. I've already grieved those things mm-hmm. when COVID hit because my experience from 2016 to 2020 was – a systematic removal of those things because of sensory overloads. Like I, would, I remember okay, being so at a basket. Okay, you're saying no to situations that 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 no longer served me that inflamed my condition. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. how did you know that that was the connection? Like, at what point in time did you start recognizing that going to a basketball game or whatever it is because it registers pain. Okay. Straight pain. So you just listen to your your, yeah. your, your body tells you, your mind tells you. Your body tells you first, mm. at least. Sometimes, like, if I'd have an intuitive sense of things, like, I'm like, mm, you shouldn't eat that, Trina. Like, if it's, like, something, like, if it has, like, wine and it, like, red wine, for example, right. I smell it. it. I can sometimes feel the pain in my left eye if right. I smell a glass of red wine. Right. So, like, I found when I was going to, like, I used to love going to basketball games and things like, you know, I have family that I'm very privileged to be able to access boxes and get free tickets and stuff. And right. so when you can go to these fun things for free, <laughs> it's it's a lot right. more enjoyable, I right. think. But it's <laughs> not like, oh, my gosh, I just dropped a grand yes. to go to a game, right? Yes. So That's um, also inflaming. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right, but anyway. Exactly, in a different way. And so what I was finding is I, w- I have stuff with me. Like I, I developed what's called photophobia. So the way my, le- my eyes receive light okay. is painful. So like these glasses help sometimes. These are like blue blocker mm-hmm. or ultra, uh, ultraviolet lenses. Right. And um, so I'd always, always be wearing sunglasses. I carry earplugs. I still have like these loop earplugs um, already got me a better pair huh. and um, fragrances. So like smells and stuff. So I remember being at a basketball game and I had my earplugs in, my sunglasses on. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be fine. And then all of a sudden I could smell something from like, yes, just like 20 rows down. I could just, I'm, I knew exactly where it, I'm like a dog. Like I'm like, <laughs> there it is. Like uh. that's the source. And so my sensitivity just grew. And so rather than just trying to push myself the way through it, like that suck it up mentality, mm-hmm. right? Keep going, um, you know, go out, be social. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm going to be home and create different spaces. So cr- saying no to these kind of like invitations that are coming to us from outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Was there anything inside our, uh, yourself that you noticed 
um, where you would be you you would um, you would be tempted or you would want to do something without invitation, and you would now have to say no to yourself with things that you believed were making your situation not better or maybe even worse. Did you? Did you um, is there anything there that? Sometimes saying no to others is easy. Saying no to ourselves is really hard. And it could have been a habit. It could be a thought even or a, a process. Is there anything like that? I mean, you might notice this with people who you talk to when you're working with them professionally. But for ourselves, it's hard to tell. Did you notice I that? feel like I have a harder time saying, or not so much now, but before, harder time saying no to others than myself. Hmm. That was always more of an issue for me is that kind of negotiation between agreeableness and assertiveness, right? That, that, mm. um, but I don't remember like not being, like saying no to myself. I guess the main thing would be, actually the one thing that does come up would be alcohol. Okay. I stopped drinking alcohol. Oh. And so um, when you, at least my experience with stopping drinking alcohol, because it, it turned out to be like certain types of alcohol would impact me. So then I would just change to a different type of alcohol. Mm. And I come from, I don't know if people know, like East Coast, PEI, Irish Catholic culture, like this drinking is, <laughs> it's right, it's okay. enmeshed into everything. Okay. Happy, yeah. alcohol, funeral, alcohol. Yeah. What that, drink like fish Tuesday, snacks, alcohol. Okay, all right, <laughs> like, yeah. It's very much, <laughs> Tuesday. yeah, it's just <laughs> in the culture. It's a very... Even if you're not drinking to debauchery levels, like if you're just, it's a social thing. It's a very mm. social thing. And so what I noticed initially, I'd stop for a bit and then social invitations stopped coming. People got uncomfortable, at least in my experience, people got uncomfortable when I stopped drinking. Mm. They, they're like, I would get disinvited or not invited into things because I wasn't drinking. Oh, we didn't think you want to come because we're drinking. I'm like, you're going out for dinner and you're dancing. I like dancing and mm. I like dinner, but mm. like oh, I'm not drinking. Mm. So, um, so saying no to alcohol was really the the probably the first thing because it was kind of a a social currency, if you will, mm-hmm. right? So um, that one was a little bit of a struggle, but then it just it just got to a point. I don't even remember when it was. It was just after my grandfather died, actually. Where I, because I had um, some wine with my cousin, and I'm just like, I'm not, I'm wow. not doing this anymore. Like huh. I can't do this anymore. So um, yeah, so that's that was definitely one thing I struggled saying no to. And it wasn't from an addictive sure. perspective. Um, it was like, of course, like I've overindulged in alcohol in my life. That's not like I'm not. No, but it's just like unfamiliar that. That? with that. But there's a whole social piece to it for for me too. Right. But it's like that, what's that Einstein saying, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? Yeah. So you're consciously, it's like something's going to change. So yeah. that means not yes, it's a no, whatever it is. And I'm just, I was just curious about what are the things that yeah. anyone could choose to say no to. It can be different for everybody. But that's what you noticed. So you start making these changes mm-hmm. and then uh, you start seeing results. Yeah, I felt a lot better when I got alcohol out of the picture completely. Oh, okay. oh my gosh, I have no interest in it whatsoever. Um, See, for me, it's forbidden. <laughs> so yeah, we're, you so never we're always had wondering, that. going, yeah. but, uh, like, we were, ah, but everyone seems to be having so much fun. Right. Uh, and you're saying, I, I can have it right now if I want to, but 100%. I'm choosing not to. Yeah. Um, so. And that's anyway, a whole other conversation. But that's something else altogether. Oh, yeah, and alcohol. But you start seeing results. 
You're yeah, feeling good. You're I, doing something right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, early, you said earlier on, like, you know, uh, it I have to be like it has to be hit into me, and then yeah. I do it over and over again. So you started so, feeling yeah, success, so the alcohol, and then you dropped the, taking yeah, care the, of yourself again. The timeline with the alcohol. So I got sick again and was off work, and t- I stopped drinking alcohol after 2020. Okay, so that's very recent. Okay, yeah, it's recent. And then from 2017, when I returned to work to 2020, I would consume alcohol, huh. but very moderate levels, sure. right? Like sure. it was nowhere near. Sure. Um, anything levels, right. yeah exactly so um but yeah in january 2020 is when the migraine um migraines came back and i can feel it building up in my system and i would say about november october and i remember telling my doctor this and november october of 2019 okay and i'm like okay and in my head i'm like okay you got a two weeks off for christmas break like the academic break and I'm like, just that you're just feeling the fatigue of the season because it's a busy season mm-hmm. and it's a chaotic season. So is after the holidays as well for different reasons. Um, so I'm just like, oh, you're just feeling the chaos of the season. You just really need the two week break. So you're feeling something, yeah. and you're kind of explaining just this under away. the carpet. Yeah. There you go. Good. Yeah. We, we go. We do. Yeah. This. But huh. And then um, I was a strike captain. We were in the strike position at that point. Ironically to not make online learning mandatory <laughs> for mm. high school kids. Ironic considering we fought so hard for that now. But um, <laughs> And um, so I was a strike captain and we were, I know, right? It's so funny, like, honestly. So, um, yeah. So you know the trucker, here it comes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. No, yeah. I, I can feel you. Out you comes do the this. vocabulary. Right, it's good, it's good. Um, so yeah, so I was the strike it's an captain. honest feeling, I appreciate it. Yeah, and I feel, and like, and literally the, Wednesday, I think the Wednesday before my last day of work, we were we were striking and in a strike position. And I knew it when I got home because each time we come out from being outside, I would just I would come home and drop to the ground. I huh. I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't make dinner. I could You're just I, done. I couldn't even one time. I couldn't even get my snow pants off. <sighs> I just got in the house and fell. And just crashed. And so my last day of work was like the day after that. I went in again, wasn't feeling great. And and this and at this point I would get three to four migraines a day. Or sorry, I apologize, a week. And I would take medication just to be able to go to work mm. on top of Botox. I was getting Botox injections and I would take medications, you know, every other day just just to average it out to be able to function. Mm. And so I don't know if the best way we can have a migraine, I always say you have the migraine, then you have the migraine hangover the next day, which is just this energetic depletion of just absolute exhaustion and fatigue that goes over you. So it was in this perpetual cycle for the time is I did return. Is that in response also to some of the medication that you take? or is this Yes, just, yes, 100%. So sometimes okay. I get you get rebound migraines when like, you take um, the medication. What are called side effects, right? Yep. It's, it's a, yeah, it's called rebound migraines. From the, It's a side effect from the medication. And so I didn't, and I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about taking the medication just to be able to continue to cap- the capacity to work. Right. So I was in this perpetual state of depletion. And so just prior to my break there, I was, you know, so between 2017 to 2020 when, you know, I hit the ground again, um, you know, I was taking medications this often through the week, really never recuperating in between working and then it, it kept escalating. So I was doing the by, by every other day. Were you still swimming at this time? I was still swimming. Okay. 
Okay. I did swim. Okay. I did swim anywhere from one to three times a week. Okay. And so, and when I would swim, I'd maybe swim a kilometer, a kilometer okay. and a half, okay. nothing too crazy, but right. like, but my so you're whole still taking care of yourself. Still in some taking ways? care of myself okay, in, in many now, ways. Okay. And then I would, I would, um, I found a beautiful gym, and I would do meditation in the hot tub. I would do my swim. Then I would do cold shower. Then I would go to the steam room and the sauna. So like you had, did all of these I did, things. I right. did all of it, and I so you're taking care of. Yourself. Well, it's amazing the the space you create when you don't drink and people don't invite you places. <laughs> like, <laughs> then you can't I go can anywhere. Speak to that. Yes. Right. Yes. So. That's true. And I couldn't go to restaurants. I couldn't go because the lights and the smells of restaurants and the clinking. I get like auditory confusion sometimes. Okay. So like it just sounds like um, just you know watch a movie and you just you hear just noise, yeah. just loud noise. That's yeah. what the world sounded like mm. to me. So I really engaged in this quite habitually. Like it re- like I look forward to it and. Huh. Um, and it was also great, too, because my kids noticed it. So I'm like, man, I really, like, sucked at demonstrating self-care to them growing up. So, you know, those are those teachable moments to be like, hey, guys, like, I know I'm your mom, but I got it wrong all these years when I did this, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you didn't see it because they protected sure. – the t- I protected the time with them, but they also didn't – they didn't see the grind always, but they didn't see me taking care of myself either, right? Mm-hmm. So – um, so that has been really helpful in, you know, my relationship with them. Um, but yeah, so I was now still you're swimming. 20, 20, you're, you're doing all 20, this stuff. Yeah, so I'm swimming anywhere one to three times a week, depending. It's November, December, you've kind of told yourself, yeah. ah, you know. At this point, I was getting lidocaine and ketamine infusions biweekly. <laughs> okay. So I would get. That should, that's a sign, isn't it? Don't you think? I was escalating. Yeah, yeah. That's huge. Like, that's a huge thing. And by the time I got to 2020, I had stopped. Or it, was, it was either right before I crashed the second time or it was right after. I can't remember the timeline, but it was close to there where I just stopped doing. I think it was right before I stopped doing the ketamine and um, lidocaine infusions because it got to the point from the first time I did it, I. Um, I was out cold. Like I, I needed someone to drive me home. Like I was high as a kite. It was just wild how high I was from this medication. So I get driven home. I sleep for mm-hmm. a day, full day, <laughs> out cold. <laughs> and so then, and then as I go through this biweekly, and they're increasing the dosage because they they want to get me to where they they anticipated to get me to on the medication. I got to the point where I'm talking to the doctors like I'm talking to you now and I'm like, I'm like, hey, I was reading research on the use of ketamine and, um, you know, the treatment of post-traumatic stress and chronic um, um, chronic suicidal ideations. I'm like, have you guys heard about any clinics using this here? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, are, are you not feeling this? I'm like, yeah, like I, I feel it. <laughs> but wow. like, and I, I would go home and I would like clean and cook and carry on with my day. So it just, every time... The pain would get worse. I would increase my medications Dosage. in in tandem, and then it just kept well, adding more. You wouldn't more. just be the one deciding on this. No, it's I have a team of doctors. Yeah. I have a team of doctors. So I have my family doctor. I had two neurologists, chronic pain management doctor, chiropractor, physiotherapist, and I was doing all of these things as well. I was engaging in all of these things. In addition Sounds to like a swimming. starting lineup of a basketball game, and then you still have your bench. Yeah. You know, all these other people who yeah. are waiting to yeah. jump in on, on your little court here. Yeah. And you called yourself, what was that, a cash cow for the... A cash, uh, yeah. a cash cow for the pharmacy. Yeah, I w- it was. And so it just kept getting more and more. Um, and then simultaneous to 
Okay, so I got off the lidocaine, went off work in January. I literally, I so when I go off work, usually when I hit that wall, I'm having, I think I had 29 migraines in a month. So basically, wow. I was I was completely debilitated for but for months, for months I'd be like this, and every day would be going through this cycle. So then, my neurologist got me into um, this program called this Goal Program, and it was to see if I would be a good candidate for this new medication that just came to Canada. It had already gone through trial uses in the States, but it was new to Canada. And so I signed up for that because my migraine log was just through the roof. I was considered, um, so when you're, oh, what was my score? So, oh, this is the beauty of it too. So this, get this one. So when I go to see my chronic pain management doctor, this is leading up to all this, to do the Botox. He has to do these these assessments to see your level of functioning. And I chart everything because I'm a little bit OCD with organization and wanting to see like antecedents and if there's a rhythm to, um, like a predictive rhythm to when I get migraines and stuff. So I was charting everything. Hmm. And so... When I go into him, my statistics for um, the MIDAS score, so it's Migraine Inventory Disability Assessment Scale. So when... It doesn't sound like what MIDAS would mean. But yeah, anyway, I know. You think of breaks. You actually see the break. MIDAS, <laughs> this is gold. Exactly. <laughs> it's not gold. So you do this scale, and I can't remember... what. So I would be at like 48... I think when I was working and that's double to be considered severely disabil- disabled. So when I was working full time, I was double the score of what this So 24 is I can't remember the number. Okay. I, I 48 comes into Ish. my brain, but I can't remember my number, but I remember when I was working. I have all my documentation yeah. and like I have files and files of documentation, but my scores were double the level to be considered severely disabled and I was working full time. Mm-hmm. So when I went off work, my Midas score was double that. Oh, boy. I was at 103, oh I think gosh. it was, when I went off work. Wow. So, like, for me to get knocked down on the ground is just, like, an, an obscene amount of pain to get to that level. And so... <clears throat> I think there's some rugby teams right now that are thinking about... <laughs> I was good. I was a little <laughs> scrum in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, this like, one can't get knocked down. Yeah, just, just, or she just keeps getting, she just up. Keeps getting yeah, up. She just keeps getting up. That's a takeaway. Yeah. And um, so so then, okay, so then the ketamine and lidocaine yeah. stopped. I went off work again. My neurologist got me into the GO program, and yes. I got the Amnivog injection. Amnivog injection. So these are subcutaneous needles that I had to self-administer once. Kind of like an EpiPen, but right. not as um, forceful, okay. not as much force. And um, I'd have to give myself that once a month. And that was, if I were to pay for it, it would have been $1,000 a needle. Right. So I was incredibly thankful to be accepted into the program. And so um, I would give myself the needle. And it worked for about a month and a half, two months. I think I saw some, uh, not complete respite, but definite improvement. And um, and then, again, another plateau, the same as I did with the lidocaine. And that during this time, my Botox was going up. I went up in the number of vials, like the amount in the vial that they would administer. I was, two, I think it was at three vials by the time I was at the end. And um, so then the Amnivog stopped working. So then she got approval for double the dosage. So I give myself two needles or they give me, the first month they gave me two separate needles, but then they gave me, one needle with like more of a a, dose, a double dosage in one administration, and then that stopped working. So wow. 
So you got an all-star team. Yeah. Uh, you got all of these, all of this medicine that's being prescribed. Um, I'm doing everything everyone says on top and, of and what I've figured out. you feel like it's getting worse. Obviously, it's getting worse. It is getting worse. Because, so, oh, what then started to happen after that? At what point in time did, did you start saying something like, um, like, you know, like when we say that back to that insanity yeah. uh, thing, like something's got to change. Yeah, so I hit that breaking point. I had a surgery in August, of, not related to the migraines. I have I have two medical conditions happening right. simultaneously. I just had a surgery in November for the same medical issue. So um, that breaking point would have been, so it would have been last year was, two, everything blurs together yeah, now. Yeah, um, last year was 2021. So it would have been in... Okay, it would have been in September of 2020 is when I had that breaking point. So I did, so you got to realize I was doing LTD and everyone else likes to look at your your disability from the time you went off that time. But mm. for me, my journey began LTD in two, long-term, long-term disability. disability. Yeah, they like to, like to look at when you're off work this time. So January 2020 is when my disability or illness started for, in, from their perspective. But from my perspective, this journey started in 2016, yeah. right? So, um, and so when I looked at, when I hit uh, September of 2020, I'm like, I've been doing everything you guys say. I've been taking every pill, every injection, you name it, the, the crap I put in my body, like just to, I'm like, yeah, let's get through this. And, and along the line, you didn't just take it. You asked some questions. 100%. And you yeah. were given reassurances. And maybe even at and some it point, worked, it, and it worked for periods of time. Yeah, and it, sometimes yeah. if you would even push back a little bit, do you ever get that feeling like, hold on, we know what we're doing here. This is our, you know, or or like was because it doesn't just happen. I wonder if it just happens like the first time, or whether other attempts to kind of sort of say, uh, wait, something doesn't make sense here, and then you would get pacified into continuing either by yourself or by your team yeah i can see how that can happen i've seen that happen with people i've walked with and on medical because your situation is not like it's particular to you but similar if you look at uh, somebody else goes through other illnesses or other i didn't feel pressure to continue okay um but I do, I have witnessed that, what you're speaking to. I have been You didn't even to think that. of options at that time. You were just kind of going with I the was flow. just, well, because they're the experts, right? Okay. And so, but through the whole journey, I always had this kind of teetering negotiation with myself or conversation with myself right. about, okay, like they're the experts, but this is your body and this is your life. And and so I've had that happen a couple of times where, you know, one one source of my migraines, everyone's like, I'm like, oh, no, you're fine, you're fine, it's just cluster headaches and this and that. I'm like, no, but there's something wrong. Like, I'm telling you, it's right here. Right. It's right here. Right. And they're like, no, 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 you're fine, we did an exam. I'm like, and I was insistent. Your all-star team is telling you this. They're telling me I'm okay. fine. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, no, there's something right here. And then, you know, the more I pushed at it, they're like, fine, well, I got an MRI. I'm like, I don't give a crap when it is. I think it was like 3 in the morning or mm-hmm. something ridiculous. I had the privilege, you know, because I live accessible to stuff. I'm in the GTA. Drove there for th- 3 o'clock in the morning MRI. I got a call, like, I don't know, a couple of days or a week or whatever later. They're like, oh, you have a disc out in your neck. I'm like, 
right here where I've been pointing for the last three months. So that was one migraine that went away was adjusting my neck where one of them came from. So that's all building up and you get to this breaking point now. And you say to yourself, something's got to change. Yeah. Um, So right at that point, you, what do you do next? <laughs> well, this is the thing with me. When I make a <laughs> it's decision... It's not just you, by the way. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 but exactly. I'd love to hear this Yeah, part. so I don't make a plan. I just do it. Okay. I don't... What do you mean by that? I don't what plan. What did you do? So I or was not just, do? I just, at, in around September of... after. So after I had surgery, um, related to the other medical issue I have... Um, I decided after that surgery, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done inject. I'm just, and to inject yourself with so many needles is just so, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And, oh, I guess I should backtrack a little bit here. So through the experience of 2020, I did do Chinese medicine for a bit. I did the teas, which yeah. were incredibly helpful for me once I got the dosage right for a person who's not acclimated to that form of medicine it's it's a real adjustment on our system to start incorporating all these herbs and um, I found the herbs incredibly helpful for me because I have this chronic mucus that happens all the time and um, they, no one really knows why I have it. I just okay. have it so I'm trying to handle gut issues usually everything comes from the gut I'm learning mm-hmm. so um, So the Chinese tea was the only thing that really helped. But for my budget, it was just way too expensive at that time for me to maintain it. So I I started doing that. And then I also started a procedure um, at the recommendation of my cousin um, through a natural path who's absolutely phenomenal in, I'll give her a shout out, man, Dr. Tara Sloan, (laughs) in King West Chiropractic. She is a miracle worker. And she is trained in a modality called myoactivation. And so I started this in 2020. And she's such a beautiful person. She offered to come to my home to treat me for the first time. Because at the beginning of that year, I I couldn't couldn't drive. I couldn't get off the floor. There was times where I'd vomit and be laying on my own vomit because I literally... I was in so much pain. Like, I, I can't even describe the It's scary just even, like, I feel it in my body, the level of pain you're in. And do you feel at that point in time helplessness? 100%. So, so like, as Well, not when you're as, in it. Afterward, you do. Mm. But when you're in it, you can't really... Think anything. Think about feeling helpless, yeah. Because you can't move, obviously. No. Um, you're in the state. So this is not even, like, it hurts a little. This is, like, there's nothing left now. It's no, you're on the floor. No, you're, you're on the ground. And all of yeah. your um, your knowledge, and now it's, like, irrelevant. Nothing matters. Because I couldn't have a tolerance for light. I couldn't re- I was in my own home with sunglasses. The blinds were down. My kids couldn't play music. Like, you, like I was literally, like, you're, it's like being a prisoner. You're, I, my whole day was pain and debilitating pain. I would have a little bit of respite. You know, um, I, usually my morning, I would always wake up sick in the morning, I would say. not. I don't want to say always, but 90% or that, that was the solid pattern. But I'd have a little bit of respite in the evening sometimes, have a bite to eat. Sometimes I couldn't shower for three, four days in a row. Like, I would wear the same outfit, sleep in it, wake up, wear it. Because the thought of, like, like not the thought of changing, the experience of changing my clothes was so laborious that I had to conserve my energy so I wouldn't even get changed. So even your opportunities to think about what to do next are like different than 
Yeah. The, the average. Like you, you have to wait for that window to appear. Yeah. Right? And when it appears, it doesn't appear the same way it does for everybody else. It's like a very limited window with very limited energy mm-hmm. to put into it. And in those windows, then you started constructing and started thinking I about... I started, yeah, like listening to things. About? I would like... Well, my meditation game came on strong, right? I started doing that a lot more, um, meditating more um, at that point. Um, so... Um, in tandem to starting my activation, I'm trying to remember the timeline. Everything blades together. So my activation has really, truly helped. That is, I'll just explain it. It's like they target different parts on your body. So your fascial tissue goes through your body and crisscrosses in the front and back. And we all have this fascial tissue that goes through us. And so I have a series of, I have a lot of, um, uh, I guess, like body entrenched trauma and from emotional traumas or sexual abuse or physical abuse, all these different things I right. was abused in. Right. And so the the body holds on to those kinds of emotional forms of abuse and it makes it rigid wherever you hold it in your body. And then I have like a series of um, like uh, physical issues like from like breaking my femur and shattering my growth plate and I had all these different surgeries reconstructive surgeries and then everything fell apart again then another reconstructive surgery so physical emotional mental scars right so all of these scars manifest in your fascial tissue yeah in your fascia tissue so your fascia so it carries it so Dr. Sloan would with it, I would be like, hey, I think there's a spot here or there's a spot here. And so we would just do this exploratory process where she would see, she would look at my range of motion and, you know, a certain, you know, it's a, it's a really intricate modality she's trained in. She'd look at my range of motion. We'd treat an area, assess my range of motion again, treat an area. And so what her, the treatment is, is, um, is perforating the area where there's um, like a sensitivity or a tightness for the trauma and and then um, piercing it with a hypodermic needle. Okay. So, for example, I have a huge scar on my knee. Yeah. And so <coughs> one of the treatments was breaking down that scar tissue a little bit because it was puckering a lot and causing right. resistance around my knee. And one of the things she unlocked was this tension from my knee that was maintaining tension in my head. Mm. right so that was like and um a friend of mine's a clairvoyant and i she said this to me prior and i just you know i'm learning to listen to her better now (laughs) and (laughs) that's been a journey too and she said trina i think you're there's something with your knee something with your knee and your migraines like what are you talking about how's my knee gonna affect my migraines and so just through exploring things and 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 uh with dr sloan targeting that that helped so Simultaneous to um, going through the myoactivation with Dr. Sloan and then I just – I realized um, for me, I every time I would engage in pharmaceuticals, I would do all right. It would help me out. It would help me out and then it didn't work anymore and then I needed more mm. next time and then it helped me out and then I would go down and it didn't help me. Then next time I need more again. And so I'm just, I just saw that cycle and I had like mm. – I don't. I didn't journal it, but I I kept stats, my stats, and I'm like, I'm just consuming. It's all making sense. And I knew all the medication. I kept track of every medication I put in my body, whether it was like an Advil or Tylenol, like anything. And um, I'm like, and I just saw my consumption exponentially increasing, and my symptoms exponentially getting bigger and bigger. And I just didn't see the end to the cycle. Right. 
And so part of the conversation with myself was, okay, well... The cure is almost like worse than the illness or something. Like right. And it, wasn't even, and it wasn't even a cure, though. Right. Because it was all symptom management. Right. And, and no matter who I spoke with, the answer, the consensus among, like, my multidisciplinary team was, which is also another thing, is they, all these care providers or all circled around me, but none of them communicate with each other. Okay. Right? So to me, that's a gap as well, right? Because I'm one person Mm -hmm. and everyone should be looking at me, you know, in in conjunction with each other's modality, right? So so one of the things I decided then... Sounds like like, IT. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Actually, I see a lot of common... A lot of parallels right. in the medical world and the IT world. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, I got to do this. This and, is my lane. Yeah, yeah. That's you it. go to your lane. It's funny. Carry on. Yeah, so it's life saying. though, right? And, and life it's and your systems. body. That's what I'm trying to say is that when we do it with money or a business or a computer system, it's one thing. Yeah. When you do it with a human being, oh gosh, it's like a whole other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is all being done here and you're yeah. experiencing and it's you firsthand. It is. And the thing too, like I remember, like as I'm advocating, and I'm advocating for myself through this for my livelihood because, you know, I was denied LTD again. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I just, I just broke and I just started crying like mom I can't like she had to come and help me because the little bit of window of time I had every day was like okay I can make something for the kids to eat or I can like talk to the kids Mm -hmm. or like you know what I mean like I had very conservative amount of energy so Mm -hmm. I wanted to use it for things that were purposeful when I was well and I couldn't deal with all of this stuff the um the paperwork side of my illness the case management side of my illness is really what it is right um and plus my life was just inundated with medical appointments like yeah. the amount of medical appointments i had were just it just tells you something's wrong oh really. my gosh yeah and so i really broke down mom came up for about a month to help and we did my application my appeal for ltd and then I, I got approved and, did, and applied for CPP after that. And I just literally went work mode and treated it like I was doing um, like a case and presenting it to a I judge. Call it, I call it beast mode. Like yeah. I just got into this. I just zoned in. Get- and as I would speak to people, and these are not – like they're not malicious people in no. these positions. Like I've, I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by kind people mm-hmm. even when they're denying me mm-hmm. my LTD and so forth. But – I'm just like, you guys need to recognize what you're asking of people. I said, I'm like an experienced professional and look at what you're requiring of someone who has this level of illness. Like you're setting us up for failure. So it's just having those conversations and just advocating for yourself has been, you know, I I would say like, I often think like, what if I couldn't speak English? Mm. Like, because that's like the families I work with. A lot of people, English is their second language. I'm like, my gosh, like what if I couldn't read this or... Couldn't understand and it. And I'm a professional and I've filled out paperwork that's tedious. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I really saw how um, how hard it is from like it was hard, really hard to do. So and so experiencing all this and then you you made these changes. And that, the, what other changes? Did I, you make so the next change was I dropped everything cold turkey. What do you mean dropped everything? I dropped all my medication cold turkey. Did you talk to any of No, anyone? I learned after that. So I was oh, that's gearing what up. you were talking about. Yeah. So okay. I was yeah. So this is this is what I was talking about where I just do stuff. You just do and stuff. And so I had this would have been in So All Star September, Team September. Yeah, this would have been in September. Me? 
of 2020, mm-hmm. I made this decision. And then January, because over COVID, I had consultations with a brain surgeon all through January of 20, or sorry, all through 2020, excuse me, but they kept getting bumped because of COVID. Sure. So, um, <coughs> not might knowing, turn out to be a... It not turning out to be a bad thing. So, um, so what happened was my consultation was rescheduled for January of 2021. And I found out this doctor myself. My, my doctor didn't know about him. None of my team knew about this doctor. And, and that's the thing that I've learned is like when you're in this chronic illness, chronic world, and especially autoimmune diseases where that's just a blanket statement for like, we have no freaking clue what's going on with you. So we're uh, going to call it an autoimmune uh, disease. <laughs> and so I'm in these like lidocaine infusion places with like other migraine sufferers, chronic pain, like people have had some really serious like degenerative back things or um, a couple women with Lyme disease. And we would just compare notes on our experiences. And so in the waiting room. In the waiting, well, okay. we're getting infusions. Oh, and okay, just okay. in the waiting room, wherever. And so, I guess the biggest thing that I, the, the takeaway from that is the things that I've learned that have helped me the most on my journey to actually heal myself, not just manage my symptoms. They didn't necessarily come from the doctors and professionals I was seeing, with the exception, I feel Dr. Sloan really, her modality really helped me in a, sure. a, a pivotal way. But um, the other things that came from talking to people. And so that's how I learned Healing about this. Healing versus managing symptoms. Okay, yeah. I just want to note that down. Go on, carry so, on. So that's how I learned about this brain surgeon who came up with this modality. Neither of my neurologists, my chronic pain management doctor for migraines, none of them heard of this brain um, surgery specific for migraines. So I got it. I got my referral. I got my consultation. So I didn't know that if I were to have the brain surgery, I had to be off all of my medications, which makes sense anyway. Wow. But I had just decided to do it on my own anyway. So okay. if I saw him, he would have done it in a planned way and weaned me off of things. You know, and sometimes that can take, you know, six months, a year, a year and a half. My mom um, knows a lady who had that surgery. It took her a year and a half. I did a cold turkey. I canceled my Botox, stopped my Amnivog. I wasn't getting nerve blocks, didn't get lidocaine, ketamine infusions anymore. I just, and then I tried to stop taking my medications that I was taking every other day as well. I did all of this at the same time. But you know, you're also a professional who understands that if you don't wean yourself off and you cut it out, I know, man, but I you know what, you know, you understand know. what can happen. So you knew this. I didn't you, think about it. Come I didn't. On, you're a professional. I, I, but this is the thing. You I'm a professional, but I'm also a person. Yeah, and you right? didn't think about that. No, because I was just, this is where I, I can be very impulsive when it comes to things sometimes, right? And that's when just it's my, personal, when that's it's how personal. We can be. You would never act this way. I would way never suggest a client to, to do somebody, that. Are you right? kidding me? Right. No. Right. No, but there's for yourself, no way for myself. And there, there's a difference, by the way. When we're being professionals, it's somebody else's lives that we're dealing with, yeah. right? So there's, you know, I we, can't we feel wouldn't what take those same risks. Yeah. But for yourselves, for ourselves, we're like, uh, that's yeah. it. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. So you do this and there are, must have been some kind of It was about two months of vomiting and, on the again, the same thing, just like on the ground. Like there was moments where... Does the All-Star team know about this at this time? Yeah, they know about and it. And they're like, Trina, what are you doing? Like that was a waste of all of this... No, Effort? no one said anything. They said it's your decision. And okay. Like, because I'm, I'm very, I've had relationships with these people for several years yeah. at this point, and you just right? Say, I made my and point they're just like, 
I don't know what to tell you. Like we've like sometimes it's like we've gone as far as we can with this medication. Okay. And I don't know what other medication to give you. And like I tried like all kinds of different medications that are not intended for migraines and like the side effects I would get were just unbelievable. Like unbelievable. Like So I, you go through so two months of this. Two months uh, of what's it like reaction to Right. Well, it's like a purging, really. Right. Like yeah. it's detox. You're yeah. you're going. Your body is used to something, and it's it's not getting it anymore. Um, then what do you notice? So then, so it gets worse, and then it gets it gets really it, yeah. It's that was horrible. I wouldn't suggest doing that, but like, it just goes to show you can get through anything, though. You know what well, I mean? Like I could still laugh every day. Like the whole point. Like there would be moments. Don't get me wrong. There'd be moments where I'd be like, dear God, like just you can take me now. <laughs> I'm good. Oof. I'm so tired. Yeah. And I wasn't suicidal, but I I was at peace. Like, I'm in so much pain. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's okay, okay to make this stop right now. Right. And that's a whole different level to be at, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, you know, I always – and just I'm always interested in, like, neurobiology and, you know, uh, how your brain can change its own structures and do different things and mindfulness and meditation and the power mm. of gratitude and mm. – all of these things. So this has been a culmination that started, like, ironically or, or interestingly, the parallel. Like, I really started to study interpersonal neurobiology right the year before I got sick the first time. Okay. Right? So that journey has really helped me in in helping others but also helping myself. Of course. Because, mm. you know, what I developed from the time that I started to detox and then I started to, like, listen to different books and – and then I just meditate. And then what I was coming to was I needed to change my relationship with the pain. I had to accept that this might not be, um, this may not be something that ever goes away for me, right? So you go through this roller coaster of depression. You can't escape it. Yeah, this is this is me. This yeah. is my life. And and you grieve. Like I grieved being able to afford things. I grieved being able to, you know not worry about like where the money's coming for the food or the mortgage or, you know, you grieved or the status of being able to go buy what you want or provide for you, your kids the way you want. Like there's so many grief stages attached to this, to this journey. And so, you know, I had to, I just had to let go of, you know, I might never be able to return to work again. I may never be that person I was before. And I had to grieve who I was and accept where I was at, right? And so I, mm-hmm. and so when I went through that moment, the shift for me was, because up to that point, I was always fighting the migraines. It was me okay. against the migraines, right? It was yeah. the fight. Yep. And so I had to change my relationship to it. So I changed it from that point was, I'm not fighting, I'm going to incorporate it. What's it going to teach me? What's this telling me about my body? What's happening in my body? Where, where does it need some love in my body right now? And where is that, and where is that guiding me to? So that's how I changed the relationship. And then what I did was, <clears throat> I would, um, use that quite purposefully and meditate through it. So instead of reaching, like I'd always try to delay taking the pill or the medication, like the nasal, whatever I had to take, um, to stop the migraine. But I'm like, okay, you're off work. You're, you're home now. And at this point, I had one, 
No, I hadn't won with LTD yet. Actually, that's really interesting. That usually the financials stress me out. <laughs> but I was able to do this while not knowing where my money was coming mm. from. So that's really interesting. Um, so what I started to look at was my, mm. I'm not working. And I said, I'm just going to stay off sick as long as, I think actually at that point, I just said I was, I already lined up a line of credit and all kinds of stuff okay. like that. Like I'm like, I decided I wasn't going back no matter what, if I got LTD or not. Right. So I think that's how I was able to, make that shift because for me I'm very like Maslow hierarchy needs I need to get my baseline and then mm -hmm. go from there so mm -hmm. um, so once I was able to get there my job then was to sit with the pain and feel the pain and incorporate the pain and experience the pain and not fight it and so when I was doing this I created these visualizations of um, you know, the, I have ribbon. I, I would call them my ribbon of pain for the different types of migraines I get. And one is like it goes right in my left eye and there's a ribbon that goes right here and it's just this like electric current that just shoots through here. It's just terrible. And so I would focus on that one because the neck one got sorted out when we got my neck aligned. And um, so I would focus on that ribbon and I'd be like looking at trying to shift it just a little bit and I would visualize it when I was in my meditation and just like moving it over because what I was piecing together. How long have you been practicing meditation? Um, seven years maybe Okay. total. And so, um, so this is, this is the story I told myself, right? This is the story I'm telling myself leading up to my consultation with the neurosurgeon. I've told my um, neurologist about this and my family doctor and everyone's like, yeah, that sounds great, but they have no clue what I'm talking about. Right. And so what I was visualizing was this and, you know, I've read um, different books like on the brain that changes itself and we know this with like, you know, behavior modifications and building new synapses in the brains and creating new neural pathways to make old behaviors different and, and you know, and so forth. So I was applying all of those concepts that I had learned to this meditation. So... By the time I got to see um, the surgeon in January of 2021, um, one of my best friends I've noticed since I was eight, she's so lovely, she drove me, because it was in London, I couldn't drive that far, there's no way I could make that distance. And um, she took me there, and so I talked to the surgeon, and he's like, well, I just looked at your referral, and he has all of my, like, my, my charting that I did, and all my Midas scores mm -hmm. that are super high from my chronic pain management doctor and stuff. And um, he's like, you're a great candidate for this, this surgery. And I said, I just want to tell you, I said, this is what I want to do. So I said, he's like, he's like, with COVID, he's like, all my cancellations have been, um, you know, my meetings with people have been moved around. He's like, I even had to advocate to meet with you today because, um, you know, they said, well, you're not scheduled for surgery. Why do you need to see her? He's like, well, she's been waiting to see me for a year, like as a, as a brain surgery consultant. And so I said, well, I have, this is what I'm doing. And I explained what I was doing with the meditations. And I said, also, I have my other ex medical condition. I said, I want to get that under that healing process because I needed surgery and I just had that one. I said, I want to finish that surgery first because... Maybe that shifts because there's no, there was no guarantee that this other medical issue wasn't influencing the migraines sure. as well, right? So, um, so I explained the synapsis thing to him and that I didn't, that the brain surgery was going to be the second surgery on my healing process. I didn't want it to be my first one. And he, I said, does this make sense what I'm doing? And he's like, 
100%. He's like, that's what this little machine that he was going to put into wow. my body, he's like, that's what it would be doing at a faster pace through the electrical impulse. So he's like, no, what you're saying isn't crazy. Those things do work, but it's a lot of heavy lifting for a long time, right? So um, I'm like, well, I'm off. This is what I got to do. And what would you do exactly do? Like how long would it take? How many in a, in a day when you sit down and start meditating? This? Yeah. Um, well, sometimes it, it goes in and out because... Um, approximate, like, sit on the... Hours, hours and hours. Every day. Hours every day, hours. And sometimes it would be, like, in a sitting position or a laying down position. Ari and I have this argument all the time or this debate. He's like, you can't meditate laying down. I'm like, dude, when you've been where I am, you can meditate laying down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, don't know, you can meditate anywhere. Right. And so laying down, cold showers. So um, in, okay. in tandem to getting rid of, of removing myself from pharmaceutical medications, I did the meditation and I started cold immersions as well. So the cold immersions really gets at the inflammation in the body. And then I started doing, it was wintertime at this point, And then I did like a, a dip in the lake and stuff like that. So I started doing all of these different modalities that weren't necessarily aligned um, with any kind of Western medicine that I had been practicing up to this point. So it's 2022. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I'm doing really great. Yeah, the migraines are getting better. They're getting better. You know what I love about where you are? And I don't need brain surgery. I'm not going to, like, based on my scores now, I would not be a candidate for brain surgery. So the difference between January 2021 to now. Just a year. It's night and day. Wow. Like, night and day. But I've also done, like, more self-care, more self-kindness. So, like, all of these things come from the meditation. I know who I am more. I, like, can see, like my dark side and where I can be really mean or really inappropriate or unkind. Like I can, like when you're swimming in those waters with the, with the migraine for me, like I really got to see like the really awesome stuff about myself and the really shitty stuff about myself. Right. So you just really learn to reconcile and not fight it because I had to incorporate the most difficult thing about me was for, for my experience was that pain. Like you have to incorporate everything else at the same time. You know what's really cool about this? Or at least work this? at it. What's really cool about this to me is like when we talk to most people, they've already gone through it and they're on the other side. Mm-hmm. You're still, you're in, still the in middle, it. You're still in the middle of it. Yeah. And I just love to capture this conversation, this moment, because um, when a lot of us are listening to somebody who's already gone through it, mm-hmm. we say, ah, but they don't know what it's like to be here right now. They say that because they're on that side. Yeah. You're saying this. And you're I'm not, still you're in, it. in it. Yeah, that's what I love about this part, this observation, and and to see kind of like, and it's not like you're you're just in it. Your your condition's getting better. Your mm-hmm. state has improved, and it's because you're taking control of it for yourself. You're taking ownership, um, and you would say your focuses are. You were just starting to say like the, you know, the self care. Yeah, and, yeah, and and so. Um, it's amazing how how many times we start on a high, and again, a, prof- a person who does this professionally helps people with their self care mm-hmm. can still for themselves, right? Even though there's knowledge there, and there's an all star team available. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people still get to that same point, and they might not believe that they have what it takes mm-hmm. to 
now take the same control that you have. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Like, I think, what would you say to yeah. them, the ones who don't feel that they don't have what it takes? Uh, honestly, You've done I, this for seven years, yeah, Trina. Yeah. Like, you know, you, like, you know how you can look it. at somebody else and go, but you have that strength and I don't yeah. have that strength. Really, what would you say about these strengths? Are they that special? Like, what, what, what could, how could somebody go and I get think, the same sort of... Well, I think well, you know, assertiveness is 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 a variable. That's I always say you got sass, us. so you like <laughs> yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah, you know, but but I think the biggest thing is is that um, is when you like uh, so for example, one of the things was that thing in the back of my my neck, the the disc being out in the back of my neck, and I knew I had a cyst uh-huh. in my ovary. And I'd never had one before, but I'm like, there's something there. And I was like adamant. And they're like, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And I kept going to the doctor over and over and over about three weeks. I would go like once or twice a week. I'm like, it's still there. I could feel it. I could feel it. And they're like, oh, you have a cyst. I'm like, yeah, no shit. I've been telling you it's right here. Mm. I could feel it. It's right here. And so, and the same with the neck. I'm like, I could feel it. It's right there. And I, so I think the biggest takeaway for me and for anyone is, you know, your body, you're the expert of your own, like I always say to people, you're the expert of your own life. You're also the expert of your own, your own body. And you know what it feels like to be in your body and no one else does. And so when you're navigating a medical system for whatever it is, whatever issue it is, and I'm not saying that it, it's done in, in malice because we can go on and on about how overtaxed our medical sure. system is, right? In, but the, the point of it is, is that they're dealing with quantities of us like this. Mm. We're one person and we know ourselves. So when people tell us like, no, your neck is fine. No, you're not feeling that in your ovary. Like, no, you're fine. Be persistent. Don't think you're being a thorn in their side because this is your health. So I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is you are your own self-advocate and not to abdicate your sovereignty and your authority in what it is that you want to achieve for your own health to someone else. They're a collaborator who's there to help you. That's the thing I learned the most is that at the beginning of it, I kept searching for answers around this amazing multidisciplinary team, but they weren't connecting with each other. And then I had to piece it all together, but I'm like, okay, not everyone's fully listening to me. And what can you do for yourself? What do you mean? Like, so you could talk about advocating for yourself Mm -hmm. with the team. Beyond that, what else could they do? Just inform you. So my my biggest thing was informing myself of everything. So I like looked at every – because the thing with migraines is it's so unique. There's not a lot known about it. The World Health Organization, which is – <laughs> anyway, the World Health Organization. There. Yeah, yeah, but them. previously they've identified migraines as one of the top twenty most debilitating conditions in the world, right? So, you know, it's just informing yourself about different modalities of healing. I found like that for me because I was very much raised in you know the allopathic modality of healing, and so what I learned from this experience for me is there's. There's there's symptom management and then there's healing. Yeah. Right? So for me and my experience with, with this journey, the allopathic modalities were definitely amazing and kept me going for symptom management. I have medication in my bag right now just in case something happens and I'm driving home. And, right. I, you know, I got to – I got to – I still – Right. I still bag. have this. It's, it's still – yeah, it's still a reality, right? Yeah. And I got to be prepared for a migraine. And so – but the other stuff. But the other stuff is what is just, is healing me. Yeah. And so the other piece we didn't speak to too is 
you know, the, I did the, the myoactivation um, with Dr. Sloan, the cold water immersions. I changed to a vegan diet, which was not an easy thing for me because I love so many things that mm. I was eating before. Um, but it, it gets to a point where it's just not worth it anymore. It's like, no, it's like, how many times are you going to not listen to yourself? Mm-hmm. And the other so thing too, to yourself, yeah. right. And the other piece was like, dealing with other pieces of the trauma work comes up because, you know, I had to do some work around specific forgivenesses that I, because through my meditation, I realized I hadn't forgiven certain things on, on different, on different abuses that were subjected towards me. So, you That's know, the thing that gets me is that a lot of people who go through this, they see an improvement, but the improvement that they're noticing is in the symptom management, not right. in the actual healing. So then they feel better. And then a little while later, they're back to the again. same place. Whereas when you focus on something like forgiveness, that's where healing takes place, yeah. would you say? 100%. I had a type of, so the issue that my friend who's clairvoyant and she told me about my knee connecting to my head, she, I came up, I had meditation and I had this matter come up, it was related to my mom. And I said to her, I said, what do you think about residual trauma? I said, I don't even think this is an issue. I don't feel triggered by it. I don't feel anything. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not, like, I felt like I had forgiven her. And, um, you know, we have a great relationship. Like, she helps. Like, like I'm like, yeah. I, I'm like yeah. I, don't, I didn't feel it. And um, she said, she's like, no, there was a betrayal. And she's like, when did your mom betray you? And then we worked mm. through it. And she just opened up to, like, being able to receive like insight when she was um she did reiki and so that was the thing that came out of it was targeting this betrayal at a specific age and i remember i remember the incident with great clarity like right. it's definitely a, mm. a puncture point in in my heart mm. um but i i didn't realize the power of it mm. and so i engaged in a, a very specific meditative process with that while I was doing the ones of revisualizing the the pathway for the pain. And so that was really, really interesting to me because I never had that, like I had three different, like two primary, three different kinds of migraines. And I never had that migraine come back again after I targeted it through that way. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear the next, we got to do this again. (laughs) And see where I, see when I'm getting back to work, it'll be it'll be my accountability partner of you're back to work and what are you doing to take yeah. care of yourself? Right? Yeah. So how do I find the balance again? Am I going to go back to my old habits? Sounds like there's an exciting chapter coming up. Yeah. And uh, th- thank you so much for today. This is amazing, uh, Trina, the professional. What did we say? The professional. The professional pro. Yeah. healer to people. Oh, gosh. Uh, who learn to personally heal, right? Such a big difference between the two and just uh, the differences in, in, in the approaches. Uh, so thank you for, for today. That was amazing. Thank you. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next chapter. Yeah. You know, some people, there is like uh, one episode, two. Like you seem like you're, there's another episode coming up for you. For sure. <laughs> I got more, all kinds of There's more coming. There. You, well, yeah. you're in the middle of it, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm and in the thick of it still. that's what I love it. It's yeah. like in here. But this is how you can still feel right here. And it laugh. Doesn't have like to the thing feel that like, gratitude ah, too, feels, right? Yeah. Like to be grateful. You sound like you're on the other side already like yeah. in terms of your, your attitude and your mindset. Yeah. So you're bound to get there. But, you know, like most people say, ah, that's what I love about this specific point in time yeah. and having this discussion right now. Yeah, I think Good. so. And yeah. I think gratitude is a whole other conversation because I forgot about that one. That one's a big one. Mm-hmm.
Um, it's good that you leave it at this point、yes. here with the gratitude, because when、yeah. we talk about it next, we know that you're, you, you've thought about it from now. Yeah. And watch that be such a. I 100% agree with you. It's、yeah. going to be one of those bridges. Yeah, gratitude has、bridges. carried me a lot,、yeah. for sure. It carries you big time. Yeah. Whew, thank、Yay. you. Thank you. <laughs>